0: If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to Luke chapter one or your favorite digital device or your notebooks. Once you get those ready, uh, we're going to be using those in just a few minutes. I want to say to you before this message today, I, I'm believing that this message is not going to be just some information that tickles your ears. I'm believing that this message today will be transformational. I believe there are certain messages, certain truths that we hear that God wants to do an immediate work in our lives. An immediate adjustments an immediate change in our thoughts an immediate change in our soul i believe today is one of those days yeah. that can only happen by the spirit can't be just because I want it to happen or it sounds nice. It has to be that we're in partnership together because I believe the word you're about to hear is so important for where you are right now. I'm that confident that this word is so important to where you live and where you are right now that God wants to immediate do a transformational change in your life. How many believe that God can do that? Amen. How many of God can do that for you? It's one thing to believe it for somebody else, right? But how about yourself? How about you? And I believe God wants to do that today. So let's pray and believe towards that end. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to, to use the word of God today as a source of inspiration, as a source of transformation. Lord, your word is already blessed and we believe your word has a blessing on it. But we believe, Father God, there's a specific anointing you desire today to deliver this word. And Father, people who will have a heart to receive, ears that are open, a mind that's willing, Lord God, so we are ready to receive this word today. We believe, Father, it'll change us. We believe it'll help us. We believe, Father God, whatever is not quite working like it should, we believe it's all going to line up today by your spirit because we need your help, Holy Spirit. We thank you for ministering this word to our hearts. We believe, Father God, your will will be done. Your plan will be accomplished today. We have full confidence in your plan and purpose for this service. And we'll be so careful to give you all the honor, all the glory and praise, and all of God's people said, Amen amen welcome to part two in our series the 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 thrill of hope this is part two in a series and and I you know I'm thinking about the service and thinking about Christmas coming up and I would imagine that most of our Christmas experiences as adults would be very very different but I imagine that most of our Christmas experiences as children would be very very similar right? As children, how about that agonizing wait? Man, it just seemed so long, didn't it? Come on, pull out your inner child for a moment, right? Man, that agonizing wait, why is it taking so long for, right? It seemed like the last few days of Christmas just seemed to take forever. They're the longest days of the year. Am I right? Right? And then we become adults, and somebody says to us, do you know there's only 10 more days to Christmas? And we totally panic, (laughs) We totally panic, and every parent is saying, man, it's coming too fast. And every child is saying today, man, it's going too slow, right? But no matter how slow it seems to take, it always seems to happen that Christmas comes, right? See, the beauty of this season is there is a promise. There is a promise, and I love this. There is a promise of the certainty of Christmas morning. No matter how slow it seems or how long it seems to take, there is the promise of the certainty of Christmas morning. Here's the interesting thing. The agonizing part of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting is the very dynamic that actually sets up the first Christmas. I wanna talk to you today about hope in waiting. Hope in waiting. Here's our big takeaway. Here's the point I wanna unravel for you today. The real test of your faith is found when all hope seems gone and you've had to wait for your breakthrough longer than you ever expected. Can anybody in the house relate to this today? Are you kidding? Absolutely. Every one of us can. You may know this or this may be new information for you. But for many generations, there's always been a handful, a remnant, if you will, of Jewish people who waited every single day for a specific arrival, not for Santa Claus, but for the Messiah. In every single generation, there has always been a group of people that literally lived their lives every single day in obedience to God's command, knowing this could be the day that the Messiah arrives. But unlike the certainty of our Christmas, this went on for generation after generation after generation and nothing ever happened. In fact, 99.99% of the people that that believed God for the Messiah to come died way before the fulfillment of that promise. But every generation there was somebody who prayed, who waited and remained faithful. Then another generation are people that prayed, who waited and who were faithful. Then another generation of people who prayed and waited who were faithful. Thank God for these people, amen? Amen. Meanwhile, many during this time of waiting actually abandoned their faith. They must have thought, well, this is just a fairy tale. This is a myth. Who in the world would devote their entire lives to a promise that was a couple thousand years old? There was always a group, though, that got up every day and lived as if this was the day that the Messiah would show up. See, today I want to introduce you to two of those people who believe that here in This story is so relevant, and the reason why it's so relevant for us today is because at some point in your Christian experience, at some point in your spiritual journey, this will happen to you. At some point, this will happen to you, and oftentimes happen several times in our spiritual journey, because at some point in your spiritual journey, God will seem so quiet and so inactive, that you will think and even say, why am I doing this? Why am I attending? Why am I serving? Why am I giving? Why am I believing? Why am I obeying? Why am I still here? Why haven't I moved in with him yet? And why haven't I take the money yet? And why am I living like my life, every day like my life, there's something bigger for me to do than what I'm presently experiencing? And Why am I doing this? Because at some point there are seasons in our lives where in our attempt to be faithful, in our attempt to be good Christian people, we finally ask the question, what am I getting out of all this? Come on, where is all this going? Where is all this happening? What is I'm, is it any bit of what I do making a difference? Is my life that better off for committing myself to so much of what God in his word says? Well, even if you've had those seasons of doubts, and maybe you're going through a season of doubt right now in your life, the Christmas story is for you. This is your story. This is my story. And we pick this story up in Luke chapter 1. We'll start at verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, this is the same Herod who killed all the babies two years and under in Bethlehem. In the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. This is important for us to understand because you need to know the background of these two amazing people. They were definitely from a long line of priests in Israel. And I guess we could say it today for you to understand, they were preacher's kids. In fact, they were preacher's kids that came from generation after generation after generation after generation of more preacher kids, right? And their great, 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 great grandfather was uh, the original priest, right, that was appointed to, to stand before God and, and, and offer incense and worship to God. Um, and so these folks were considered religious leaders or priests. And verse six goes on to say, and here's where the tension really picks up in this story. Verse six, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Why is this important? See, in the context of who was writing this, Luke, as he was writing this, both of these religious people, both of these people were religious in God's sight, meaning God looked at them and said, these people are doing it right. These folks have it all together. And he's saying, deserving, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees, meaning, man, the law was so overwhelming. It was so difficult to keep. It was like impossible, right? It was so challenging. Yet here are two people that observed all the Lord's command. And they did it blamelessly. What does that mean? If you hired a private investigator and he followed them around, he would come back to you to report there was nothing to report. Because they did this blamelessly. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Blamelessly. Now, here is what's amazing about this. They were doing this as priests, as followers of God, based on a promise that was thousands of years old and in fact in the last 700 years God has been completely silent doing nothing for the nation of Israel this is the backdrop this is the background in which they're being faithful yet these two get up every day listen and live their lives as if Christmas is coming live their lives as if God is going to keep his promise yet there is no evidence that God would do any of that so the question when I put myself in this story as I try to do to to bring the story alive to you when I put myself into this story and I know what's yet still to be read I know the story I insert myself in the story and I say okay so Zechariah, so Elizabeth how is all this blameless life working for you because here's what it says in verse seven. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. So let me get this straight. You're living this blameless life day after day after day, waiting for the Messiah, serving in the temple, being good people, missing out on opportunities, making sure that you're committed and you're, you believe you're in this for the long haul. And, and this God, after you're so faithful, leaves you without an heir, you can't have children. What? (laughs) See, in this culture, it was always the woman's fault why children couldn't come. They had no medical test to be able to determine otherwise. They just took for granted. Well, she was the one that gets pregnant and has children. And in this culture, I mean, no disrespect, but in Elizabeth's culture, this was all a woman was worthy of this was all she was considered good for they had no political standing could not work and was almost always uneducated so elizabeth this righteous woman who was blameless before god throughout her young years throughout her middle years and now in her latter years her dreams seemed like it was never going to happen verse 7 but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were very old. So when I read that, I think, man, it's too late. I know a little bit about biology. I know a little bit about maybe the time clock, right? I know a little bit about things. And, and as a woman, you'd know better than I would. But you would think, man, they're very old. Man, it's over. It's just not going to happen. It's just physically impossible. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. Man, this is really pretty crazy here, right, that this would be so late. And we find out in this story that like any other couple would, they prayed for children. Elizabeth lives with this shame and this pain all the way into her old age. Well, if you know anything about Israel's history, their up and down, back and forth relationship with God. During these dark years, 700 dark years of silence, no visible expression or understanding of God and his involvement in our life. During this time, the Jews turned away by the thousands from temple worship and their belief in God. And many actually became integrated in the Greek life and in the Roman life. After all, God and all his promises were nowhere to be found. And so many turned away and many turned their back on God and many walked away. But thank God, not everybody, not Zechariah and not Elizabeth. Now, if you and I would come to them after all these years, now they're very old, after all these years and with great empathy in our heart, we would just come over and put our arm around them. And with all the love in our heart and sincerity in our heart, we would say, come on, guys, Give up the dream. I mean, live out your old age. Live it the best way you can. But come on, let's just be practical. Let's be realist here. This isn't going to happen. Come on, what is God going to do God God doesn't have his hand on Israel. What's Israel going to amount to? What's going to come out of this tiny, dusty speck occupied in the Roman Empire? What in the world can God do? Israel will have no major play in the world. Israel won't have any major standing. Come on, you're believing God for something in vain. Your life is almost over. What are you doing? And you know what? If any one of us would have done that and put our arm around them and whispered that in their ear, we would have been wrong. We would have been wrong to do that. We would have been wrong for them to give up their hope. We've been wrong for them to say, come on, be real about this. We would have been wrong to say, what are you believing for? What are you trusting for? I Man, this thing is thousands of years old. What are you, why, what's going to be any different about you than the people before you? Why, why didn't God do it for them? You think God's going to do it for you? And so we understand this. Give up, walk away, enjoy the remaining years of your life. Well, we'd have been so wrong. And the reason Luke begins this story, his story, with this story was because it was the beginning of something brand new that ultimately would result in the fulfillment of God's promise he originally gave to Abraham thousands of years before. Again, the reason why this story is so important is because I can relate to this story. You can relate to this story. Because there are times and there are seasons in our lives that we wonder, where are you, God? Are you listening? Do you see what's going on? Do you see how my children are living? Do you see what my husband's doing? Do you see what my wife is doing? Do you see how crazy this world is? Do you care? Are you anywhere in sight? Because of the Christmas story, the answer is always a resounding yes. Yes, I do care. Yes, I am aware. Yes, I do know what's going on. Yes, I do hear your hearts cry. Yes, yes, yes. And here's how the story continues in verse 8. Once Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by a lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple um, of the Lord and burn incense. It's important that you understand that there are 23 groups of priests. They cast lots each year For which priest would have the honor of going into the temple and burning these incense? Sometimes the priest, it only happened one time in their lifetime as priest. And so after casting lots, Zechariah gets picked. It's a great honor. It's a high privilege. This is quite an occasion that he gets to go into the temple. There's just a curtain dividing the temple from the Holy of Holies where God's presence is. And here he is, the honored priest to be able to offer incense unto the Lord. Verse 10, and when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worships, worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Man, think about this. This was something amazing. This was something what? This was so amazing. Uh, Here he is, his one opportunity, and an angel shows up, the altar of incense It goes on to say, and when Zechariah saw him, he was startled, rightly so, and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Now that's the first thing angels learn in angel school, right? When you show up in front of a human, they're going to be freaked out. So the first thing you need to say is, don't be afraid. So this is angel study 101, right? because when any human sees an angel, what happens to us humans? We become afraid. We become freaked out. So that's the first thing an angel says to Zachariah. Your prayers have been heard. I know you're freaked out, but your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Wow. And you are to call him John. What a famous son he becomes. Who is this John? John the Baptist. Wow. John the Baptist, and verse 14, goes on to say, he will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many. Remember the 700 years of silence? Many have turned away. John now will be the one to bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. Wow. How powerful. This is so significant. Amen. This is so real. God is now beginning to move. What has seemed impossible, what has seemed like, what? This dream that seems so far away, this opportunity that I thought for sure I must have heard from God, and it seemed all lost. Suddenly, hope is being stirred up. Suddenly, lives are being changed. Suddenly, there's a stirring, right? You can feel the stirring in the spirit that something is about to change, Verse 17, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, that's John, to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Husbands, learn a lesson here. Think about how diplomatic he was here. He said, I'm an old man, but my wife is what? Well along in years, right? He was smart. He didn't say, I'm an old man and my wife's an old woman, right? I'm sure he did that. If I put myself in a situation, he's saying, you know, my wife might find out about this. These things have a way of getting written down. But how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? In other words, I'm with you here. And that's pretty phenomenal that an angel showed up. I get it, but I think you're late. I think you're just a little too late. We've been praying about this since we were in our 20s. We've been praying about this since we were in our 30s. We've been praying about this since we were in our our, our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, our 70s, our 80s, and now we're old. I don't know about this. And look how the angel responds in verse 19. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. Now, Del Turco version, I read, dude, I'm Gabriel. I'm not the assistant angel. I'm not the angel in training. I'm not the rookie angel here that the bell has to ring so I get my wings. Come on, right? I'm not that angel. I'm Gabriel. Pay attention. Amen. And he goes on to say, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Hello, somebody. And I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. Keep the screen right there. Go back to that other screen. Go back. Amen. Now listen to me. I could do a whole series on just this part right here. When God puts a dream in your heart, you better watch your words. The bigger the dream, the more important your words. The bigger the assignment, you better watch what you say about that assignment you better watch what you say about what you wrote down in your journal, what God spoke to you in that time of prayer, what God spoke to you during that time of prayer and fasting. And you, look, you can look back three journals away and say, here's what you said. And every one of us need to learn a lesson from this. Every one of us need to learn a lesson that you better watch your words. When things seem lost and times take, and it takes a lot of time for your dream to come to pass, you better watch your words, and now you will be silent. You'll not be able to speak because I don't want you messing this up. I don't want your negativity. I don't want your old age getting in the way. I don't want your stinking thinking. Am I in the right room? Amen. Amen. And, and you will be silent and not able to speak until this day happens. It's too important. Because you did not believe my words. Oh, my. Goes on to say, which will come true at their appointed time. Appointed time. Let that sink in. Appointed time. Say that with me, please. Appointed time. Wow. See, do you mean God... You've had this date blocked off on your calendar? Yep. Yep. Do you mean throughout the 700 years of silence that God, you've been working on this plan for all this time? Come on. Yep. Do you mean, God, you have not stopped paying attention even though you were silent? Yep. Do you mean you not only heard my prayers, but you've heard the prayers of the saints for generations ago? Yep. Do you mean that what God has promised me in his word is already on his master calendar? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I wish one day I could get a glimpse, don't you, of God's master calendar? Man, this massive calendar, every one of you have one. And wouldn't it be amazing to look at that master calendar and say, oh, okay, I see it. Right there, my name's on there, Jonathan Del Turco. Okay, oh, okay, I see that coming down the road. Okay, I see that coming down the road. Okay, I see that happening in the future, right? Wouldn't it be nice to have that master calendar? But that's why we have to wait well. Because there is such a calendar. But God knows he can't show us the whole calendar. It would freak us out. It would cause us, what? It would cause us to not understand because God knows exactly what he's doing here. Verse 21, listen. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Wow. How wonderful is that? We could stop the story there and think, man, this is great. This is so encouraging. But listen very carefully this is just a warm up act. This is the pre concert before the concert. This is the appetizer before the main meal. Come on, somebody. Amen. You think that's great. This was just evidence that God was warming up. It's just evidence that God was gearing up to do what God had planned to do all along. Planning to do for those who remained faithful for generation after generation after generation who died and never saw the fulfillment of the promise, but passed on to their children the hope the Messiah Would come. Listen very carefully. Pass on to the to their children the hope that sometimes the biggest of God's plans can take time to come to pass. Pass on to their children that God is a God who keeps his promise. Pass on to their children, never give up your hope in the waiting. Wow, wow, wow. See, every generation in Jewish life had this group of people, had this remnant of children who believed because they grew up with parents who passed it on to them, who grew up believing. And mom and dad said, this is how we live. This is how we believe. This is how we serve. This is what we do. And because this is what we do, this is what your family does. And brought them up in faith waiting. Brought them up never never doubting, never ever saying God can't do this for us because he can. That's the kind of God we serve. And parents, the way you bring up your children and what you say over them in the waiting periods, what you say over them during the most difficult seasons of your life, you are are planting in them when their difficult season happens, when their challenge happens, when all hell breaks loose in their life. They're gonna remember, oh, mom and dad didn't give up. Grandpa didn't give up. Grandma didn't give up. Great-grandpa had a story to tell. Great-great-grandma had a story to tell. Come on, somebody. We raise our children knowing that this is how we live. This is what we do. We will not back down. We will not give up, no matter what the devil tries to do, no matter what lie you might hear around you. They raise their children to be these kind of giants in faith, to learn how to wait well. Amen. Here's how the story concludes. Wow. Luke 1, 26 to 28. And then in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in the town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Question, was the waiting worth it? Are you kidding me? The Messiah was born. Jesus, the Lord, was born. Aren't you glad today? And he was no longer just a baby, but he grew up and became a man, and he's now my Messiah and your Messiah, your Lord and my Lord, the one who forgives, the one who believes us. See, we don't have to be blameless to believe like they did. Thank God for Jesus' shed blood. Thank God for his forgiveness. You don't have to be blameless and keep all the letters of the law. God doesn't call perfect people. Aren't you glad today in our new covenant, in the New Testament, we have Jesus who covers us and says, I got you. I got your back. You're not going to have to live blameless. Amen. But you need to learn how to come to me. Let me forgive you. And then trust me with your life and trust me with all the imperfections of your life. I'll make it work. I'll make it come to pass. This is our story. Churches is our story. This is the tension that we all have to deal with when we've waited longer than we ever expected. Do we stay or do we go? Do we serve or do we do something else? Do we believe or do we stop believing? Do we give or do we now just spend our money any old way we want to? Do we stay faithful to our spouse even when it's unhealthy? Or do we do what other people do when their marriages are unhealthy? Do we finally do that shady deal or do we maintain our integrity? Because honestly, pastor, it seems like nobody cares. Do we keep our relationship righteous and honorable until marriage? Or do we go ahead and give in to the pressure? Because it seems like everybody else has. In every generation, there's been a remnant of believers that decide whether or not they will remain faithful even during the most difficult seasons of their lives. Every generation has a group of people. I believe this generation has a group of people. And I'm looking at you. I'm looking at a group of people that'll be willing to be that remnant, to be willing to make up their minds to stay faithful, even when all hell breaks loose, even when it seems gone, even when I've now been believing God for 10, 20, 30, 40 years for this to take place. See, if you're in that situation, welcome to the common experience of those who put their hope and faith in God and his word. Welcome to the world of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Welcome to the world of a couple who refused to give up hope when everything seemed hopeless and everything seemed impossible. And the challenge for us today is will you be a part of this remnant? Will you maintain your integrity when all others around you are not? Will you remain faithful when God seems so far and hope seems so lost? Oh my goodness, let me tell you something. The story of Christmas is a great reminder that God has an appointed time on his master calendar reserved for you. I want you to believe that, not because I say so, but because the Holy Spirit confirms it in your heart. When you don't believe that, you can't wait well. When you don't believe that, all hope is lost when you don't believe that, you have no longer any earnest expectation that God will come through for you, for your marriage, for your finances, for your children, for those things you're believing God for, those things you've stood for, and that dream in your heart that the devil's tried his best to tell you, that's not a God dream. You're just full of yourself. You've stood your ground. You believe God. And you've said in your heart and you've wrote in your journal and you believe God and you've said to friends and you've said only to people that are dear to you and maybe you've said it to no one those things you're believing God for this story the manifestation of the Messiah the Christmas story is the reason why I have hope it's the reason why I stand my ground. It's the believing why I stand up tall and I believe that all things are possible with a song in my heart and a spring in my step. I stand my ground and I say, devil, you're not big enough and it's not gonna be today, devil. It's not gonna be ever today, devil because you know what? I put my trust in God. I'm part of the same spirit of faith of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the same spirit of faith as my grandparents who believe and your grandparents who believe and your friends who believe. Believe. That's who we are, IFC. That's who you are. That's who I am. Yes. See, it's in the waiting season where all of God's promises are true, and they each belong to each one of us today. It's a reminder that when you pray, God hears you. God hears you. And best of all, the story of Christmas is a reminder that when you put your faith and your hope in God and his word it's never in vain it's never in vain because of that you can wait well because of that you can have hope in your waiting because of that never never ever come against somebody's hope who are you who do you think you are to come against somebody's hope who do you think you are when they're believing God and trusting God And we leave that between them and God. But don't you ever come against somebody's hope. Don't you ever come against somebody's faith. Don't you ever say that God can't do that for you because that's, that's not the God we serve. Let me tell you something. You know, people look at IFC and think, man, things are happening. We waited 38 years for this. We waited well. Years we waited for the birth of our children when a sudden could happen. We waited well we wouldn't listen to the three specialists that told us otherwise. I don't disrespect the specialists, but I believe my God. I believe in his word. And what do you believe in God for? What are you standing? What does it look like that it's old age? It's just time. You're worn out. Your heart is broken. What is it for you? Liz- Elizabeth was just old. Well along. years. What's your issue? (laughs) This word is so amazing today. What was our big takeaway? The real test of your faith, IFC, listen carefully, is found when all hope seems gone. Anybody can live for Jesus when all the bills are paid. Everybody's happy mom and dad are getting all the sex they want right? everybody can be happy I just threw that in there for whatever reason I have no idea okay it's there and it just it came out I guess you I just showed you my priorities right anyways back to being spiritual <laughs> when all hope seems gone I don't want to lose you yet And you've had to wait longer for your breakthrough than you ever expected. That's the real test. But I'm telling you, when God seems far and hope seems lost, wait, stand, believe, declare, put a smile on your face, put some makeup on, ladies. Men get dressed up, shave, you look like a bum. Right? Right? When all seems lost, man, you pick yourself up and say, Today could be the day. Today could be the day that breakthrough comes. Today could be the day. And when you wait well, you will never be disappointed. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, give God praise today. Thank you, Lord. What an awesome God you are. You're so awesome and so mighty. We bless you this morning. We thank you today. Father, we prayed at the beginning of this message that there would be transformation today. I pray that there was. I pray that there is. And I pray, Father God, as we go our way today, that this message will resound in our hearts, will resound in our soul and bring healing and bring restoration and bring joy and bring purpose back to our lives and bring us back to our right mind, bring us back to right thoughts, bring us back to our right words, bring us back to what your word declares. Father God, that you'll bring us back from the brink, the brink of giving up, the brink of letting ourselves go, the brink of committing suicide, the brink of the darkness of our lives, that will come back and light will shine again, joy, will We'll come again we'll sing a new song again we'll realize that God has not left me nor forsaken me like he promised he always would my 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 thank you father just bask in that for a moment I know we gotta go but let's don't miss this moment what are you dealing with what's been your excuse what's been plaguing your thought life no more. I thank you for a divine deposit of hope and faith to wait well. The bigger the blessing, sometimes the longer the wait. I don't like it, you don't like it, but get over it. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for transforming our thoughts today. Thank you for your divine intervention in our lives. Right here, not only before Christmas, but before the end of the year. Thank you for that. You're so good. With every head bowed, every believer praying with me, please. There's no way to be able to wait well without Jesus in your heart. Let's just be honest. There's no way to stand tall and to be who you're supposed to be without Jesus in your heart. That's why Jesus came. Now it's time for you to make sure he lives in your heart today. If you're here and you'll say, Pastor, I don't know this Jesus. I want to though. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I need to. I can't be all over the map. I can't let all these circumstances determine my future I need something real. His name is Jesus today. He wants to live inside of your heart and transform you from the inside out. Say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I need this Jesus. If it's at you you today, will you raise your hand nice and high so I know who you are today? Yes, thank you. God bless you. Who else? Thank you. God bless you. Yes, I see it, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high today. Thank you. Good for you. I see it, sir. Raise it up high. Who else? Yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? Every service, hands coming up. Every service, people are opening up their heart. All the way in the back, I see it. God bless you. Thank you for that hand, sir. You're a good man. God bless you. My, my, my. Before I pray, you'll say, man, I, I so needed this message today. This message has really changed me from the inside out. If you believe that's you today, why don't you raise your hand today? Yeah, all over the place, yeah, 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 yeah. I needed this, thank you, Pastor, for this message. Thank God for the Holy Ghost who directed us this way today, amen. Good for you. I believe you'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Pray this with me, Father, in Jesus' name. Here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I can't do this by myself. I've tried and I fail every time. But I declare you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I don't want to be the boss. I want you to be the boss of me. I receive by faith salvation, forgiveness, eternal life. And from this day forward, I will wait well. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.